I'd also like to read with you in the Gospel of John and chapter 9. Do you have a Bible? Thank you for being here. We really appreciate you coming to listen to us, and it's our privilege to just be able to speak to you for a few minutes. The Gospel of John, chapter 9, and we're going to begin at verse 1. What I would like to do tonight is I would like to read the story of a man whose life was transformed by the Son, by the Lord Jesus. And it's a long story, and I'm just going to break in and read a few verses, but they're going to be still quite a few verses. So just follow along with me if you, if you have your Bible, John 9 and verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him, but he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay, anointed mine eyes, and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. Now drop down to verse 24, just just for the sake of time here. Verse 24. There's a different group of people who are going to speak to this man. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know. That whereas I was blind, now I see. And now verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remains. As most of you know, what we have been trying to do in this week of meetings is we have been trying to look at certain lives in the Bible that were transformed by the gospel. The gospel is a word that means good news, great news, 
And we started by, first of all, noticing that it's great because it's true. It's true. If it wasn't true, it wouldn't matter how it made you feel. It wouldn't matter if it was popular. It wouldn't matter if everybody in America believed it. If it wasn't true, we have the obligation to reject it. But not only is it true, but as you find stories in the Bible over and over again, this is a message that transforms lives. The verse that Johnny read tonight, it is in a story of a man whose life was transformed by the God who gave his son so that Nicodemus would never have to perish, but he could have eternal life. This is a message that totally changes lives. If somebody were to be saved today, your life would not be the same. It could not be the same. The gospel changes lives. And this is the story of a man who was born blind, a blind beggar. We notice the man from Ethiopia who was saved. Last night we noticed the Philippian jailer, and his life was changed. And here this blind beggar. I just want to break it down into a few, few pieces for you. I want to talk about the introduction to the story. Then I want you to notice the man who understood his condition. Then the man followed the prescription that the Lord Jesus gave. Then he bowed in submission to the Savior. And finally, the Lord Jesus takes this man as an illustration for the conviction of all these other people. And he says, now look at this blind man. And so we'll just go through those very quickly. The introduction to the story. If you look at verse 1, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Johnny has said very clearly and helpfully tonight, the gospel begins with God. Here was a man who was blind, and the Lord Jesus saw him. If that verse weren't there, there's no story. If Jesus doesn't see him in his need, there's no story. Jesus must see the man. And he did. He saw the man born blind. I want to tell you something. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, God sees you. And it's not just the fact, and we, we do emphasize this in the gospel, that he sees us in our sin, and that is true. But God sees you in all that you're going through, in every bit of your personality. All the things that we dress up when we come to a meeting like this. My friend here, God sees you as you are. There was a lady. She was sent away from her husband. She had a little child. She was out in the wilderness. And God provided for her. And you know, you know what she said in worship? Thou God seest me. God sees us. And God saw this blind man. There was a story that was in the news just recently, a few, a few weeks ago, of a news broadcaster. And, there was, and she had some kind of a spot on her neck. But she wasn't really worried about it. Um, just thought it was a mole or something. But as she was broadcasting the news, there was a physician who was watching the news, and he called up the news broadcasting, and she said, he said, I think that lady, I think that spot on her neck is very serious. I think it's a kind of cancer. And so they went, and they told her, and sure enough, it was cancer. She was going by her own business, 
She didn't have any worries about the little spot on her neck, but there was a physician off the clock, <laughs> but he cared. And just at home watching the news, he calls up and he says, listen, I think that's more serious than she thinks. And sure enough, she got the treatment. And I want to tell you that this man was seen, this blind man was seen by God. And God has seen us. Secondly, when it comes to this blind man, he understood his condition. It was a tragic thing to be blind. You know, one of the uh, things I'm getting used to here, uh, just one of the territories of this kind of work, preaching, staying in another person's house. The other night, um, I left my phone, I, I was charging my phone, and I, I guess we had turned off all the lights, and so I walked down into the basement. And I didn't know how dark a basement can get. And it's not my basement. And it was dark. And I looked in for my phone, because you know you have a little flashlight on your phone. I didn't have it. It was charging. And I tell you, I could not see. I could not see where I was going. And um, it was probably very embarrassing. I was just going very slowly like this, making sure I didn't hit anything or run into anything. And I have a little kid, and he leaves all kinds of things on the floor, so I'm like very carefully walking down there. I couldn't see. And finally, I found the wall, and I kind of knew where the switch was, and I flipped the switch, and I tell you, there was all the difference in the basement when that light came on. Now I could see. And as Johnny was speaking today on John 3.16, that's a verse that those of you here in the front, you have probably heard it all your life. And I want to tell you, there are hundreds, millions of people in heaven, and will be in heaven because of John 3.16. My own grandfather, great-grandfather, a Brahmin Hindu, the very first time he heard John 3 and 16, he was saved. And you say, I've heard it all my life. Uh, it's not done anything for me. It's because you're blind. It's because you're blind. You can't see. You can't see what it has to say. But if you were to see tonight, if you were to be able to have those scales lifted, oh, I tell you, I remember when I was saved, I, I thought John 3.16 would be the answer as well. And I put my name in it. And I, put, and I said, God so loved me. And I did everything I could with that little verse. I turned it and I did everything I possibly could and nothing. But you know, after God saved me, I opened it up. I didn't have to put my name in it. <laughs> I could see. I could see. Oh, I tell you, if only you could see tonight. God has loved the world. He understood his condition. He was blind. And the Bible says here in John 9, he was blind from his birth. It's a sad way to live in those days if you were blind. There was not many jobs you could get. There was no treatment. And the Bible says right here, he was a beggar. And he would go around and just, just begging. Nobody really cared for him. In the country I was born in, there are many people still who go around blind and, and begging. That's all they can do. Very sad condition. But I want you to notice he understood his condition, right? Because, see, when Jesus comes around, the Lord Jesus, and he prescribes this cure, very strange cure, the Lord Jesus gives. And I know there's different preachers, and they allegorize it, and I'm not going to do that tonight. But anyway, a very strange cure of a mixture of what's on the earth and something that comes out of his mouth, and they put it on his eyes. But do you know why the blind man followed it? You see, as we preach the gospel and as, as we point to Christ and as we say, believe on him, you know, like, like what Johnny was telling you, 
unless a person understands their condition, it makes no sense. We must first understand, like this blind man understood, I'm blind, I can't see, I'm in the dark. No matter what I read in the Bible, I've read all the verses, I've gone to all the tracts, I've listened to the best preachers, nothing. And you finally have to face this, I'm blind, I'm lost. And that's when the Lord says, that's who I came to save. (laughs) That's who I came to rescue. That's who I came to heal. And he understood he was blind and helpless. He couldn't fix it himself. You know, we are blind. Blind in the darkness of sin. I was just thinking there as we were praying before this meeting. There's a verse in the book of Colossians, and it says that people in their sins, they're in the kingdom of darkness. They're under the authority of darkness. And there's nothing in me, there's nothing in my, there's no skill I have, no intellect I have, no words I have to bring people out of that kingdom. But God can bring them out. God can bring people out of the kingdom of darkness. You say, how does he do it? Through the gospel. Through the gospel, God reaches in to the kingdom of darkness and he brings people out. And they come into a new kingdom where they can see. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the God of this world, the devil, he has blinded the eyes. He has put blinders on the eyes of those who do not believe the gospel. You say, why has he done that? Well, it tells us. Lest, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine. You see, in this meeting, as, as we have said, we cannot afford to play around. We cannot afford to play preacher. There is an enemy more powerful than any of us who has blinded the eyes of those who are not believing. And although there are many people, and they wonder, well, I wonder who can be saved. And they wonder, maybe it's only a certain group of people. I tell you, there's an enemy who thinks you could be saved. That's why he's put the blinders on. And he'll do anything you want. Whatever you want to keep the blinders on. You say, I'd like to have a little bit more fun at school. Oh, he'll, he'll give that to you. He'll give that to you. Money, fame, success. And then it's an empty shell and it will burst. He will do everything to keep the blinders on. But what we rejoice in is that there's a God more powerful. And if you were to listen to the gospel tonight, by faith, the blinders could be lifted. You could see. And so he understood that he was blind. We are also blind in the darkness of our sin. And just like this man, we are helpless to save ourselves. It is as silly for a blind man. It's as silly if a blind man thought, by giving money to the preacher or by giving money to a church or a religious organization or a charity, somehow he'd be able to see. It's just as silly to think that a person in their sins would give money to whoever, do good works, and somehow they'll be able to see. No, God must open the eyes of the blind. It is a work of God from the word of God. But how did it happen? Well, the Lord Jesus, he gave a prescription. He gave a prescription. And like I said, it was all kinds of different things going on. Spitting, spitting out of his mouth, picking up some dirt, rubbing it in his eyes. And then he says, now, you just go. Wash in this pool called Siloam. You do that, you'll come back. See him. You know what the man did? The Bible says so simply, 
They asked him, how were your eyes opened? And this is what he says. He told me to go and wash, and I went and washed. <laughs> it's pretty simple, isn't it? He told me to go and wash, and I went and I washed, and I see. You know, the prescription, when it comes from the Lord Jesus, the prescription for our problem is very simple. Very simple for us. But it was very costly for him. For Christ to open the eyes of the blind in their sin. It wasn't enough just to put mud. The Bible talks about the fact that he shed his his own blood. The Bible says that to open the eyes of the blind that were in their sin, that Christ had to take that penalty of sin. And do you know what he did? He was taken outside the city of Jerusalem. He who always saw clearly. He who was never blinded by sin. He was taken outside the city. And they drove nails into his hands and through his feet. He was lifted up on that cross between heaven and earth. And on the cross, God tells us what happened. It says that God placed on him the sin of us all. And God punished him for sin. And after he had endured the punishment for sin, he says this. It's finished. It's finished. And just before, or, and after he has said those words, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, and he died. They took him down from the cross, and they put him in the tomb. The very man, Johnny, the passage he was reading from, he was one of the men who put the Lord Jesus into that cave, into, that, into his tomb. But on the third day, On the third day, the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead. And when God raised his son from the dead, God was saying to the people in that day, and he was saying to us today, I am satisfied with him when it comes to sin. The Lord Jesus said it's finished. And God was saying, amen. (laughs) That's right. It's finished. It's settled. And he raised him from the dead. And you say, what's the prescription for us? Those of us who are blind, those of us who have struggled in meetings constantly trying to see, but we can't see. What's the prescription for us? Believe. Depend on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. There was a missionary to Africa, and he was talking to one of those people there. And the man was saying, I get so, just so hung up on that. Believe, believe, believe. And so he walked him through John 3.16. And he came to the end. That whosoever believeth. And he said, how do I do that? And he said, read it again. That whosoever believeth. He said, I just don't know how to do that. How do I do Read it again. That whosoever believeth. And finally, read it again. He said, that whosoever believeth on him. It's not believing. There are billions of believers in the world today. They're believing in something that's not attached to heaven. But it's believing on Him. It's depending on the one who has settled our sin. 
who has died for our sin. And when you believe on him, you know what you'll be able to sing? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was Praise God. Praise God for the gospel that can open the eyes of the blind. Why? Because of the sacrifice of his son. It wasn't spit that entered into the ground. He died so that we could see. And so he followed the prescription. And at the end of the story, they're, they're really interviewing him. They can't believe that the Lord Jesus or that this man that was Jesus would, could do this. And they try to find some answer. But his answer was always the exact same. I just did what he told me, and I see. And as he's going on, he's getting more and more, you know, bold about what happened. And finally, they say, he must have been a sinner. And this is what he says. I love this. You know, our, our topic this week is transformation. These are the, some of the most beautiful words of transformation in the Bible. Listen to this. Once I was blind, but now I see. Transformed. He says, I, don't, I, I can't tell you anything else, but I know this. Once I was blind, but now I see. You know, sometimes when I've been going through doubts, maybe there's a, somebody and you're struggling a little bit. Maybe you've, you've made a profession. You wonder if you have the real thing and you're struggling. I was just like that. I was saved as only as an 11-year-old boy. And I struggled for years. Did I really have the real thing? And did I repent enough? And did I believe the right way? And did I have the right verse? And I told you last night, or a couple nights ago, I mean, my verse was from a passage of the Bible written to the Jewish people. Did that count for me? And all these questions I had. And when I saw, when I saw that all the Bible says that he had died, he had died. I deserve to die, but he had died. All I could say is I could take these man's words. Once I was blind, but now I see. I've never been in the dark again. John 3.16 has never been lost to me. Romans 5 and 6 has never been lost. Is it lost to you tonight? Are you still lost? Are the blinders still on? You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to obey the prescription. You're going to have to do what the Savior says. What does he say? Depend on me. What did the man do ultimately? God gave his word. And the man did it. He took it. He followed it. He took God, the Son of God, at his word. And he was able to see. And that is no different than anyone in this room who is saved. Anyone who is saved. It wasn't a special intellect. It wasn't some class that they took. God gave his word and they took him at it. And so they see today. You could see too. At the end of the story, it says that he, he bowed in submission. They throw him out of the city. You know, religion still has no time for Christ. I can tell you that. I, I have family members in a very religious society. They go to church more often than we do, even in meetings. <laughs> even in series of meetings, they're going longer than us. But I tell you this, they have no time for Christ. And they threw this man, this poor blind man, out of the city. His parents seem to have a little bit of a struggle with him as well, if you read the story. But the Lord Jesus finds him. And the Lord Jesus asks him a question. Do you believe? Will you believe in the Son of God? Will you depend you believe that I am who I say I am? And he says, well, who is the Son of God? Who is this Christ that I'm supposed to believe in? And he says, I am he. You know what the man does? He says, Lord, I believe. 
and he worships. You know, the end of the Gospel of John says this. The way that people come into the life that our brother has talked to us about, the way that they come into life is this. They believe that he is who he said he is. And by believing, they have life in his name. You know, the Lord Jesus, if you are going to be saved tonight, you're going to have to believe what he says about you. And then you are going to have to believe, accept, receive, depend on what he says about himself. He says that you're lost. He says that you're sinful. He says that you're sinful enough to be in hell for eternity. And he said that's why he came. And that's why he died. And that's all you need. And if you just depend on that, do you know what's going to happen? Never blind again. You'll see. This last bit. He takes the blind man as an illustration. And he lifts him up to all the Pharisees, these religious people. He just looks at this blind man. They probably never saw him in their life. No time for them. No time for him. And he says, you see this blind man? People like this really see. But he says, all you people, with all your religion, with all your good works, with all your praying, with all your trying. See, this blind man, he saw his condition, but you don't see your condition. This blind man, he followed my prescription, but you won't follow my prescription. And he says, so, you know what happens? The blind see. But the seeing. You in this meeting, in this meeting, this gospel meeting tonight, you take God at his word about your condition. And you take him at his word about his provision, his sacrifice. And the blinders will be gone. And I tell you, it's not a humdrum, carry a big Bible bag type of Christianity. I tell you, when you can see, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like seeing, never to be blind again. I just thought about this today. I don't, you know, people whose eyes aren't open, there's a day when they will be open. It says in Luke chapter 16, that there was a rich man and he opened his eyes. In hell. You open your eyes here, won't you? Open your eyes here. Let's pray.